Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Great work by Tiff Wells in Riverside today. That first set got a little dicey after uh, Hawaii got off to a strong start. Kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, some of the volleyball we've seen in the high school ranks over the last couple of days where uh, you you start out you start out strong, give up a big lead, but that team that has to come back after being in that in that big deficit. Like I'm thinking about uh, the match we did on Tuesday night, which was uh, Hawaii Baptist and Kailua, and Kailua was down, I think, seven in that first set, fought back, tied it, but then lost that set and, uh, and never really recovered and uh, kind of made me think of, of UC Riverside there for a little bit and how uh, they never really recovered after coming back to uh, ultimately lose uh, that first set against Hawaii. Uh, Rainbow Wahine win. Uh, good to see them kind of stay on track as they go on the road. Remember, Saturday's matchup on CBS 1500, 345 broadcast time as Hawaii remains on the road. It is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline. We've got a Sports Center update in two minutes. We're watching a couple of things. We're watching Thursday night football. Baltimore Ravens, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I thought we'd see a lot more offense in this game. Not so much. Uh, the the big story, uh, Mark Andrews, the uh, the tight end for the Baltimore Ravens, especially for a lot of you fantasy people, because Andrews is very good. Uh, out of this game, uh, he got uh, he got hurt. But uh, this is a low scoring game as they're early on in the third quarter. So we're paying attention to that. We'll be watching Rainbow Wahine soccer as they get underway here shortly. Uh, a Hawaii win seals a spot into the expanded Big West Conference tournament. Uh, Hawaii would ultimately start on the road. It's it, it used to be four teams. It's now six with the top two getting buys. So uh, we're going to be watching that very closely as we go here over the next couple of hours. Coming up next, uh, right after our top of the hour sports center, uh, We've been kind of paying attention a lot to high school because we've had high school sports, and last night was a classic. So uh, I'll ask you when we come back, best high school game you've seen? In person, of course. Uh, can't be on TV, and no offense to the TV folks, but best high school game you have seen in person. And I've got two nominees of my own. Uh, that I'll share with you coming up. Oh, we get college football coming up in a little while, too. Number 14, Utah and Washington uh, coming up here in a couple minutes. So we're going to watch a lot of things. It's Thursday. we got lots of stuff going on, uh, and we've got it all covered for you here over the next couple of hours. This is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. And after we pause 10 seconds for station ID, we got Sports Center right here. Thanks for allowing us in. This is our, well, we, we technically have a show tomorrow. We're right after the World Series uh, for a very brief period of time. This is the longest show you've got for the rest of the week uh, here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. I'm Josh Pacheco. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so. Courtesy of our hotline, if I or if Tanner or if any one of us at any point in time, if we let out uh, a yawn, um, over the next couple of hours. Please forgive us. Um, 
doesn't happen all that often. People don't realize sometimes we 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 work a lot of hours. Uh, Tanner especially has uh, worked a lot of hours. Uh, I gave him actually like an hour and a half off after this show today. Uh, he's earned it. Part of it was because last night uh, we were well we were working together for high school volleyball last night for uh, for the Kamehameha Hawaii and uh, Punahou match, and that match well started about an hour and a half late, and it, by the time we got out of the gym. Uh, it was about, I think I got out of the gym, it was like 11.20-ish or something. Didn't get home till almost midnight after getting dinner. Uh, it was a long, long night. Tan, don't give me that look because you know exactly what dinner I'm talking about based on what we talked about earlier this week. And, yes, it was the McRib. Uh, that we knew it came out. It came out early, earlier than what McDonald's said it was coming out. So, yeah, we got the McRib last night. No, No judgment, okay? Um, but the reason why we started an hour and a half late was because there was an epic, epic, epic match uh, that took place right before that Kamehameha Hawaii Punahou match, and that was uh, Kahuku taking on Moana Lua. Uh, Moana Lua is a mainstay; they are uh, well coached. Uh, Coach Kabanting does a uh, does a fantastic job. Kahuku is as disciplined as any volleyball team in the state. They're they're seemingly always in the right place, well coached. Uh, one of the smartest volleyball teams you'll watch. And I, I got there right after the show ended, like late second set. And yeah, I, I knew going in, and I think I said this uh, in studio before I left, I knew going in it was going to be a good match. And I didn't think it was going to be a sweep of any kind. I had a feeling it was going to go a long ways. I didn't think it was going to go three hours long. Um, but it was it was thrilling. In, in every sense of it, it was thrilling. Because Kahuku had an opportunity to win it in four sets, and Moana Lua kept saying no, and no, and no. Every time Kahuku had a match point in that fourth set, and they had several of them, Moana Lua kept shutting the door, uh, shutting the door down and saying, no, we're not going to let that happen. And it was just this test of wills. It was this battle that was, um, it was amazing. And, and part of that battle, too, that was so good was that the – atmosphere there at student council gymnasium uh at mckinley was just electric you had a whole bunch of fans who traveled over from the north shore to go down and support kuhuku they have one of the best fan bases in all of high school sports probably not just in hawaii but across the country uh and they were there moana lua had a great fan base and they were there it was a shame that that was the match that was at 5 30 in the afternoon now, not a disrespect at all to Kamehameha Hawaii and Punahou because that match ended up being really interesting. And the Warriors from Hawaii Island winning was um, was a surprise, I think, to a lot of people. Uh, but certainly was the capper of, on, on what was honestly a, a really um, eye-opening night in, in high school volleyball, especially in Division One. So anyway, to, to, to finish the point... Um, that match went, went so many different ways. Um, you had uh, what seemed like some confusion and maybe some controversy in the fifth set, I think, on a, uh, the wrong server serving for Moana Lua. And um, you, you had Kahuku just finding a way. And you had Moana Lua finding a way to stay alive. It was a, an incredible match. And I, I think I said after the match, this is one of the best high school, high school matches or games of any sport, of any kind, um, that I have ever seen. And I've covered high school sports for um, probably about 15 years now. Uh, going back to Hawaii Island, I've, I've covered a number of state tournaments. 
Uh, I have uh, both championship games, non-championship games. I have covered just regular season games. I've done football. I've done softball. I've done baseball. I've done basketball. I've done a number of sports, volleyball. Um, and I put that match right up there. And, and, and I'm not talking about anything on TV. Uh, and I, I want to pose this to you uh, at our, our Zephyr Insurance text line and at our phone line at 808-296-1420. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter as well. Um, as far as being in person, that is one of the best high school sporting events I have ever seen. Um, the only other one that I think I would put in the same category, and again, I haven't been to everyone. So I'm not I'm not going to share an experience that I've never had. Part of part of me saying what I've seen is sharing the experience of it. The other one was the seven overtime football game between uh, Konawina and Lahaina Luna. What was that? 2017, 2018? I think it was 2017. Um, played at Aloha Stadium. Um, we were all kind of learning for the first time. What do we do in seven overtimes? What were the rules? In seven overtimes, you had the worry about flights and, and getting teams home because I think those two teams are supposed to fly out that night. Um, and that left for a very late night. I think the uh, division one championship that year, I think, was decided um, after midnight. And I don't remember what time it was officially. I went home, um, but I, I did the, the, the seven overtime game on radio. Um, you know, with, with Kona Wine and Lahaina Luna being two who can two continuously, by the way, um, mainstay teams in high school football in the state, they both have moved from division two to division one. So, um, you know, that is, that has created, I, I think a, a really good, uh, conversation for the mainstay teams that you don't normally talk about. We always talk about the open division teams. We never really talk about them. Uh, that is, I think the only high school sporting event that I would put probably above what I saw last night. And, and, and the only shame about last night was that um, that was not a championship match. Uh, but that also goes to show you, A, the OIA uh, put out a couple of really good teams. And, of course, Mililani playing in the semis tonight against Iolani. Uh, there's some history in that, too, by the way, with what happened last night at McKinley that we'll share with you in a moment. Uh, the OIA put out some very good teams in uh, in, in, in the state tournament in, in Division One, And uh, uh, I think in just that one match, I, I think you saw it all play out. So the question that uh, we're asking you today uh, here on this abbreviated edition of the show, um, what would you consider the best high school sporting event that you have ever attended? Uh, and again, I don't and it's and it's not a knock on Spectrum because it really isn't. Uh, I think it was a cherry on top that Spectrum was there. And I'm pretty sure that that, that great television crew was able to capture, um, you know, the sights and sounds of what was just kind of an electric and also very humid atmosphere uh, inside that gym. But uh, there is nothing like being there. And, and not every high school game can deliver great atmosphere. Not every high school game can can deliver competitiveness. And uh, that's what we got last night. So that's why I want to bring it to you at uh, 808-296-1420. You tell me whether it was here, whether it was in another state you were in, best high school game uh, you have ever attended. Uh, and if you were at the uh, Kahuku Moanalua match, 
I, I'm, I'm sure that probably would be right up there on, on your list. And I think, you know, for those other teams with, with Kamehameha and uh, Kamehameha Hawaii and Punahou last night, I mean, you're, you're trying to keep loose and you're trying to keep warm. And at some point, it's in the fifth set. And, you know, those players who are getting ready for a match to be played 30 minutes after the conclusion of that, they went from preparing to, to play in a match to just becoming fans and spectators and standing in their respective areas and just um, watching and and enjoying the sport that uh, that they love to play, which is uh, which was kind of neat. Uh, the the note on what happened last night, by the way, is um, for the first time in 20 years, we will not have an all ILH final in uh, the Division One state volleyball tournament. That is significant because the ILH. I don't really need to tell you. The ILH has absolutely dominated high school volleyball, um, you know, without fail. I mean, the ILH has won every state championship in Division One going back to 2002. Surprise! That was the year that that was the last year uh, of an of a final that did not have all ILH teams because Kahuku won it back in 2002. Every other year after that. A an, an ILH team has uh, has has been there. And by the way, Kahuku they won that one at uh, the Afuchinen Civic Auditorium in Hilo. And I believe I want to say there I, I want to say St. Joseph was either in the semi or the final uh, of that. That was um, that was fun. Um, that's that's the one significant part. The other part, um, Kamehameha Hawaii winning last night over Punahou in straight sets. It's the first time in 12 years that a uh, Hawaii Island team has made it to the semifinals of the Division I tournament. And you have to go back to Waiakea, who lost in the semis in 2010. That's the last time uh, a, a team from the BIIF made it. And uh, usually the BIIF gets to the quarters, and that is it. Uh, you've got to be a pretty special team to get past that. And uh, Guy Enriquez at Kamehameha Hawaii is a fantastic coach. Coached the boys for a long time. Coached his kids. Uh, he's been with the girls program now for four years. And uh, he's done a pretty sensational job uh, with that group. So uh, congratulations to Kamehameha Hawaii. But, yeah, we'll, we'll get your uh, best high school games you have ever attended. I've given you my two texter from the uh, 675 Kamehameha Hilo 1992 Basketball State Championship is uh, what this texter says. Went three overtimes, said it was wild, airfare was cheap, half of Hilo was at uh, was at the Blaisdell, Kamehameha ended up winning. Oh, airfare is cheap again. Uh, if you like those, what, was it, $29 or $39 fares? Uh, the, the, uh, the, the price wars are on. I don't know if you saw the news, by the way, but uh, but Hawaiian Airlines, I think, had had said uh, uh, the the price wars for the inner island flights are not sustainable. Um, you know, hey, competition is really really good, and I guess um, I've taken Southwest and some of the inner island flights back from baseball trips. I do like watching TV on flights, even inner island. I will not uh, I will not complain about that. Um, you can send us yours. Your uh, you can text us. You can call us. Tanner, you've played high school sports. I've played high school sports. Um, do you have a uh, favorite high school sporting event that you've attended 
that you would say is one, the, the, the best you've ever attended? This is going to be an interesting one because I'm going to go all the way back and I made sure to like verify exactly what day this was. But this was... I mean, you the, did research? Yeah, I did research, did research to, make, on this? to make sure that I was right. <laughs> but I, it was the... Hey, uh, someone did research on our staff. Awesome. Uh, Punahou beating St. Louis 35-32 to 32 in 2013. Okay. This was to ensure that they were the number one seed with the bye going into the D1 uh, state finals. Okay. So this was the Punahou team with Larry Tuileta, mm. Hanavainoa, Micah Ma'a, you know, a lot of really good names. And I just remember watching that game. And at this point, I was 13 years old. So you were in the stands. So I was in the stands. Okay. And I don't know. There's just uh, so many memories just from that game. I just remember, I think it was a, uh, it was like a fourth down with Larry, just uh, with Tui, just basically rolling out, rolling out, rolling out, just throws the ball up and he just gets, whacked and then they just throw the flag for roughing the passer and i just remember all of us going crazy that's what you remember roughing the passer yeah ilh refs you tend to remember about you tend to remember them <laughs> but there's a lot of big not, highlight plays but that, that is the one i just remember because i always kind of took that with me you know when i played football because mm-hmm. i always learned this as an offensive lineman if they throw you to the ground you've won like if they throw you to the ground and they get a flag, you've won the battle. Mm-hmm. So I've always kind of led that mentality, whether I played football, whether I played lacrosse, just to get on people's nerves so that they throw me into the ground. Interesting. So that is your most memorable high school sporting event. That's the one that pops into my brain whenever I try to think of a game. Okay. That's Because an that, that was the year we won states against right. Mililani. Okay. Or Mililani. Sorry, Chris. Mililani. Not Mililani. We, we, there is someone who I used grew to, up in Manoa. There so. is someone who used to work here who went to that school who would always call it Mililani. And uh, yeah, Chris, rightfully, because Chris is our uh, Chris is our reference on. Well, he's not not our. I mean, there are a lot of us that get it right. He keeps um, us humble. He does. He does. Whenever uh, we mispronounce any words, he'll he'll make sure that we know. And 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 it's good to have somebody like that. We also keep him humble. When he says Kirk Ferentz. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, uh, that's, that's a good one. You know, the, the thing I like about it too, volleyball does, does create some, some really fun matches. And I'm glad I can put volleyball on my list, even though I was there from the second set on. That, that was, it, you had a, a thrilling back and forth and you never really knew, um, you know, who was going to be able to maintain an edge. That was, that was kind of fun. So, yeah, uh, share yours with us at 808-296-1420 via our Zephyr Insurance text line or call in. Um, you know, give us some of uh, – give us the game that you went to that, that for you was, um, you know, that, that memorable high school sporting event that, uh, that you went to. You were blown away whether your team won or lost, whether you were just there supporting a family member, whatever it was. Yeah, share that with us. Um, we'll, we'll get that out throughout the show here today because that's still the thing – also, because uh, I've like taken like two little quick naps here here at the office since I've been here. What time did I get here? I don't remember. Probably around seven ish. Um, after getting maybe about like four hours of sleep last night, that that's still the thing that is resonating after all that was uh, how late it was, 
but also how fun it was uh, that we got to experience uh, a night like that in volleyball. And hey, don't forget uh, our coverage of the New City Nissan Hawaii High School Athletic Association Girls Volleyball State Championships continues Friday. The Division Two Championship on CBS 1500 at 5 o'clock. The Division One Championship right here on ESPN Honolulu, that at 7 o'clock. Both matches uh, at Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. So make sure uh, if you're not able to be there, um, make sure you uh, join us right here on our sister station, CBS 1500, and right here on ESPN Honolulu. We'll check on traffic here. Continue on with the sports animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. This is ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center update coming up in just a little bit here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. We'll update not only Thursday night football, Ravens, uh, Bucks, but we've got uh, 24th ranked North Carolina State on the ropes at home. You've got number 14 Utah underway on the road at Washington State. So you got a couple of top 25 games taking place today along with Thursday night football. Remember when Thursday nights were for good college football it kind of feels like we got some of that, and we get an NFL game to boot. Uh, it's it's like getting a little bit of a bonus. So uh, we will follow all of that for you. Sports Center update is coming up in about eight minutes here on ESPN Honolulu at ninety two point seven FM and uh, fourteen twenty AM. Biggest takeaway I've I've grabbed I think from this Ravens Bucks game so far, uh, a. This is this is not a great representation, I think, of of either of these teams. Uh, you know, I, I expected a little bit more of a higher scoring game, and we haven't uh, uh, we haven't gotten that so far. Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay is, um, you know, I, I thought they would do a little bit more against this uh, this Baltimore defense, but the Bucks haven't done that. Tom Brady has not thrown a touchdown in this game. Their only touchdown came on a a, a rushing touchdown, I think, from Leonard Fournette. In the first quarter, uh, Lamar Jackson just threw a touchdown in the back part of the end zone. You know, Tom Brady has been um, average, and that's kind of what is continuing here. It's this trend. It, Tom's not bad, uh, but he's he's really been kind of average. You know, he had he's had really one, maybe two good games this year. Um, but you expect a lot more. You expect better numbers from him, and we haven't really seen it. Uh, there are reports, by the way, of Tom Brady getting an ultimatum from his uh, from his wife, Giselle Bundchen, and apparently they're separated. I know. I don't like this stuff either. Uh, but when we watch Tom Brady play, you kind of have to wonder how much of that is on his mind. I don't like just as much as the next person sitting in this chair. Um. But according to, I think it's like people, Giselle gave the ultimatum. Retire or I'm leaving. The only thing we don't know about the ultimatum is uh, whether the retirement part is like you retire right now. Kind of like when uh, you were younger and uh, your, your mom or your dad told you, hey, clean your room right now or else. And there was there was no like time frame. It was literally go to your room, clean your room right now, 
or you're not going to, I don't know what it is. You're, you're not going to get to watch TV tonight. Or I, I don't know what it is or what you had to deal with. Um, this one just says, uh, retire or she's gone for good. And um, doesn't Tom, if you've, it's Us Weekly, by the way, it's not people. But doesn't Tom look like he's playing the game and he's just kind of just conflicted as he plays it? Uh, I was watching just a little while ago on one of the drives that ended. They didn't get any points. And um, you know he was kind of having a back and forth with someone on the sideline. And, and Tom didn't look happy. And you know, Tom rarely looks happy. Truthfully, um, he is always just kind of dialed and locked in, and uh, nothing really phases him or makes him change any kind of expression. But he, it, it looked very different. I, I, I don't know how how else to put it. He he looks like someone who is just trying to get through a game, and if something's ticking him off, you'll know about it. Like he's not he's never been shy before, but it looks like he's he's got a quick trigger right now on his frustrations. And uh, and that's not a good sign. Because one of the things that makes Tom Brady really great is when he channels a lot of that and he turns that into uh you know greatness. Right now, Tom's getting a lot of frustration but he's not able to turn it into greatness. It's just kind of turning into to average football. And that's uh, and that's not going to help Tampa Bay win games. They're sub-500, and he's not the whole reason why. That's a banged-up team, um, but he is part of the reason why. Hey, uh, don't forget, Wet n' Wild coming up this Sunday. It's fun. You've got NFL football, so be there for the 10-25 game. Uh, but also... They've got uh, the costume contest, so go there with your full Disney, Marvel, DC, or Hawaiian-themed character. You get in free, wetandwildhawaii.com. Let's check on Surf. We'll go to the Zephyr Insurance text line in just a moment as Tom Brady almost throws an interception in the end zone in that Ravens-Bucks game right now early in the fourth quarter. Meantime, hey, we we owe you an update on Rainbow Wahine soccer. Hawaii is in a win-and-you're-in situation um, at UC Irvine tonight, and they are in the 17th minute. It is Hawaii 1, UC Irvine 0. Uh, there's, there's good and bad news here. Uh, the good news, Hawaii got on the board early in the fifth minute. Eliza Amendolia scored. Uh, to get Hawaii on the board early. That's the good news. The bad news is uh, goalkeeper Lauren Marquez got hurt. And um, it was not good. Um, Tanner, you saw the play, so I'm not going to try to describe it. I'll uh, I'll let you describe it as you're giving me something. You're giving me some kind of look. Um, I don't know what look you're giving me. Oh, you're looking at Tom Brady and his uh, his his knee brace again becoming a thing. Anyway, um, you saw the injury that happened to Lauren Marquez, the uh, the Hawaii goalkeeper. Uh, what did you see? Because she was carted off the field uh, early on in this match. What did you see? Yeah, so as she went in for a save, like a diving save, the uh, the attacker on UCI, you know, got tripped up. And what it looked like is she fell on the knee of Lauren Marquez 
And then immediately she uh, clutched right onto that knee mm. and unfortunately did have to be carted off. So that's really, you know, unfortunate. She's a grad transfer. She's, um, you know, defensive player of the week for us. Right. So it's a big loss. But for right now, the uh, freshman that's sitting in the goal right now is doing a really great job. The name is eluding me right now, but she's doing a very great job, has already had multiple saves uh, since that fifth minute. What that does mean as well uh, is that uh, UC Irvine's uh, making some gains. If you think about it, you know if if your goalkeeper's uh, being pressured, that means Irvine's starting to have uh, a, a little bit of control here, uh, and that's that's not necessarily something you like to uh, uh, you like to think of. So one nil Hawaii. If uh, the Rainbow Wahine win, uh, they move. Uh, they they punch their ticket to the, uh, the the Big West Conference Tournament. I think you are talking about Brianna Chirpich, the uh, the freshman goalie. Uh, she's from Gladstone, Missouri. Uh, they're only, they're, their other goalies are, as you mentioned, the grad student and the junior. So it, it has to be Chirpich if it's her. Uh, and uh, what, a, what a situation to be put in for, for Chirpich uh, here in what is Hawaii's final regular season match. Uh, trying to extend its season past today. Uh, texter here for the two-two-one. We were talking about Tom Brady a little while ago. Tom uh, playing with a guilty conscience, broken promises, distant from the on-field tasks at hand, lost edge, etc. Maybe. I mean, look. Um. First, the first thing we have to realize is that Tom is 45. He's not going to play like he's 35. So, you know, some of the unbelievable stuff that he used to pull off, I, well, I shouldn't say unbelievable stuff, but some of the consistency and some of his ability uh, to win and win consistently, um, he's not going to do anymore. As I have said before, Tom Brady can no longer uh, carry a football team on his shoulders when that football team struggles. He's not as good. He's not a top five current current quarterback. Um, I would struggle to uh, to place him on the high end of a top ten. And so, what you want from him is more of leadership than anything else, and you hope that that is working. But I think, as you've seen. Yeah, Tom's, um, you, you could see that something is different with him in how he's handling adversity, and um, and, and this is a very difficult situation. I, I don't know about broken promises or distant from the on-field tasks at hand. I don't, I don't, I don't know that there's any of that because we don't know what promises he made, and uh, if there's anything Tom's going to do, it's the, the on-field tasks at hand that uh, he is definitely capable of doing. It's, but that last question, lost edge. Um, man, that's a tough one. I think the way I would I would respond to someone asking whether Tom Brady's lost his edge is is not necessarily about him. It's it's not a it, it's not a mental edge. The physical edge. Tom never really had a physical edge. Tom always had a mental edge because you felt like um, he knew the next move. I, I keep thinking of someone who plays chess and 
He knows how to move his his skill position players in the way he needs them to move on the field. He knows how to make the next next move when the opposing team does. Um, he knew how to push every right button necessary on the field. The edge, to me, it it's mental. When you know you're going up against the GOAT and you know that he is probably going to outplay you, um, you've got to hope you do enough and you've got help from your defense, but he will more likely than not outplay the the opposing quarterback on any team. There is always, maybe not a fear, but there is an understanding that you were going in and you were taking on the best quarterback in the league, and that stuck with you. You know you were playing a team that is is hard to beat. And, and a lot of it was because of Tom. The edge that is... The edge that is gone is that. Um, look at the quarterbacks who have outplayed Tom Brady in games that that Brady and the Bucks have played this year. Again, caveat because I'm constantly constantly reminded, and it is true. I don't I don't want to forget it. Is that yes? Um, this is not a, a team that's 100, percent but I don't believe uh, I don't believe anybody's 100 percent in this league, and and you still have to win. Every week, and you've got to figure it out. Uh, that's why football is such a hard game. You know, Tom Brady was uh, against the Carolina Panthers in a in a twenty-one to three loss. Yes, his team was able to put up only three points. You know, Tom Brady was outdueled, not for an entire game, but he was outdueled for enough of the game by P.J. Walker, the the Temple alum. Um, when when they played against Patrick Mahomes, I expect Patrick Mahomes to outplay Tom Brady. And it was actually kind of even, um, both through three touchdowns, and I wouldn't necessarily say Mahomes completely overwhelmed Tom Brady. I'll look at when, uh, when, when they played New Orleans. Tom Brady in that game in New Orleans against the Saints in Week 2, uh, Tom Brady was outplayed by Jameis Winston at that position. Now, Jameis Winston's been hurt. Andy Dalton is going to start again for the New Orleans Saints this weekend. Winston threw three picks, um, but he also got the ball moving down the field. Tom Brady only threw for a buck 90. I mean, he barely completed over 50% of his passes. More often than not, in, in Tom's younger years, he outplayed every quarterback he went up against. Not so much now. Uh, this game here, against uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. Tom Brady's in danger of a second consecutive game without throwing a touchdown. And I, and I saw a graphic uh, on the screen earlier about that. I don't recall the last time Tom Brady has gone two consecutive games without throwing a touchdown, if he has ever done it. Um, he's only completed 14 passes. Lamar's completed 11 more. Um, Lamar Jackson's gotten into the end zone a couple of times. Lamar Jackson's... Um, you know, been sacked, but he's been able to make moves outside of the pocket. You know, but we knew this, right? We knew that Lamar Jackson would probably go into this game and outplay Tom Brady because Tom is on the wrong side of his career, and Lamar Jackson, who is playing uh, for respect from his own franchise, wanting to get paid, um, is is not even at the height of his career just yet. And so I I expect it. You start to worry a little bit. When you start heading down the season schedule, and I see uh, the Seahawks in a couple of weeks, could Tom Brady be outplayed by Geno Smith? 
My answer to that is, it's possible. Um, November 27th, when they play at the Cleveland Browns, could Tom Brady be outplayed by their quarterback? It's very possible. Uh, and of course, talking about Jacoby Brissett. That's not something we're used to. And it's something that he is not used to. Which is why I think when we talk about edge, some of that edge is off. Because a lot of that is is indeed um, very much mental. And he, he doesn't have the kind of success that he can just pull out of his team. And he doesn't have a Bill Belichick to, uh, to, to play the... The, the bad guy is head coach. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have all these things around him that, that helped make him such a success. Not anymore. Not anymore. And this team is 10 minutes away from going to 3-5 and five on the year. Our M. Dyer Global scoreboard is brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Moving Hawaii into the future. What the Buccaneers need right now is defense. Uh, they trail 17-13 to 13 to the Baltimore Ravens. 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Uh, uh, like I said, a Bucks loss. They fall to three and five. Tom Brady falls deeper uh, under 500, something that we don't really uh, uh, don't really talk about it here. Uh, you know, in, at this point in, in a season, we don't really talk about it. We have been now. So 17, uh, 13 bucks, uh, bucks trailing the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, that on a CBS 1500. College football right now. There are a couple of top 25 games underway. North Carolina State has taken the lead moments ago on Virginia Tech. They were down a little while ago, but they've come back to take a 22-21 lead. The 24th-ranked Wolfpack are ahead of Virginia Tech. They are at halftime between Utah and Washington State. That is a scoreless game between the Utes and the Cougs. Uh, everything else in college football uh, as far as ranked games are concerned, uh, coming up this weekend. And in the NBA, uh, Dallas in overtime over the Brooklyn Nets, 129-125. Uh, second quarter on NBA TV, Golden State Warriors leading Miami 36-34. to And 8.23 to go in the first half, Memphis in Sacramento with a 42-36 to lead. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global, always on the move. We'll look at traffic here on the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. This is ESPN Honolulu. Tanner Hayworth just reminded me how bad of a person I am. When I'm watching an NFL game and my team's not playing, I'm commiserating about how bad my fantasy football team is. And my first thought is, hey, I'm just happy that my opponent uh, has got a guy who's in the game who's actually not in the game because he's out. Uh, and that opponent that, that opponent is Steven Tsai. Steven, if you're listening. Uh, and that player is Rashad Bateman. Who's, uh, who's out of the game because of an injury, is not returning to the game. That's a big old zero uh, for, uh, for my opponent in, our, uh, in, in one of our leagues. And I need that for those. Uh, I, don't, I don't talk about my fantasy team all that often. I'm not good. I'm two and five. I'm in, uh, they, they rank us. They rank us one through 16 while we're in divisions. I am second to last 
in um, in our rankings. It, it is bad. Any help that I can possibly get in order to uh, to to creep back up the standings, I absolutely need. So uh, so Rashad Bateman. Don't really talk about guys not playing all that much. Well, Rashad Bateman not playing is uh, certainly helping me. Uh, our Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. We started this hour talking about high school sports um, thanks to what was uh, an, an epic volleyball match last night between Kahuku and Moana Lua. And um, I asked the question, what is the the best high school sporting event you've attended. Not watched on TV, not listened to on the radio, though if you did, thank you, um, but that you've been in person too. And I, and I said on uh, on the show right near the top of the hour that the Kahuku Moana Lua volleyball match last night at McKinley was one of the best. That's really what top two for me. One of the best high school uh, sporting events I have ever attended. Um, and I didn't have to call that one. I, I, I could just sit there, wait for my game to come up, and just sit there and watch and be a fan and enjoy the fan bases and enjoy the, the, the way both teams were playing. Um, I could just sit back and, uh, and just soak it all in from a fan's perspective. That was cool. Uh, my other one was the uh, Konawina Lahaina Luna seven overtime game uh, several years ago that uh, that set the whole entire schedule, set flight arrangements, set all of those things just way back. You can share yours. Uh, see you on the phones at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. We'll get to you in a moment. Uh, Sterling, I believe this is texted in, said the Open Division Championship uh, between Cordero led Crusaders and Kahuku on that same night of that Konawina Lahaina Luna game was also a very good game. Said, uh, I think it started around 10.30 p.m. I, I think you're right. Um, that it was the triple header night or triple header day, and I believe that was the Friday after Thanksgiving. So you had Konawina Lahaina Luna. Uh, man, I think the Division One that was Division Two. Konawina Lahaina Luna are both playing Division One now. I want to say Division One, and I, I've done no research on Division One because I didn't really think I needed to. I want to say the Division One championship was Waipahu and Hilo that year, and then yeah, um, the the Division One Open Championship, as as I think it's Sterling who it was who's uh, texting in on it. Yeah, that started at ten thirty, and I want to say it ended after um, after one a.m. And like I said. I'm not counting that because I went home. <laughs> I think I stayed for the first drive or so of the uh, of of the D1 championship game, and yeah, it was 2017. I think I stayed for the the first drive, and it was Hilo Damian, not Hilo my pa. It was Hilo Damian in the D1 championship game in which uh, Hilo won 35 to 19. I'm trying to think back to that box. They they. Yeah, they put the kickoff time for that game down at 6:53 when I think it was supposed to be like 1:4 and 7 or something like that. It started at 6:53. That game went three and a half hours. It ended at 9:25. And so yeah, I I think the the open game uh, started really really late. What what was the official start time of that Division One Open Championship game? It was 31:28. 
St. Louis won it. Official start time was 9.58 p.m. Official end of game time was 1.04 a.m. for the Division One Open. Uh, and, yeah, I can imagine, of course, how did it all happen? Uh, St. Louis, Cordero to Pinoque, 37 seconds left for the win. Um, that 31 to 28 final score. I think it was a 53 yard. Yeah, it was a 53 yard pass. That's what made the difference uh, in in that particular game. So, uh, yeah, I you know I could not have stayed up late for for that game. And it was it was not a Friday. It was a Saturday. I've got my days mixed up at this point. Uh, but it was 2017, and I think I can get a pass for that uh, from from five years ago. Um, that was certainly a a fun fun night. Uh, texter from the 983. Girls Volleyball OIA Championship a couple of weeks ago. Mililani versus Kahuku was just as great as the Kahuku Moanalua game. The young ladies playing these days are so talented. And then uh, Texter says, uh, shout out to my cousin Anaya Sunshin, number six, Mililani, go Trojans. Uh, Mililani is playing in the semis tonight uh, against Iolani. And I believe that is the, uh, I, I think that's the, the seven o'clock match. Uh, yep, 7.30. No, no, no. I, I'm looking at the football schedule. Uh, that is the 7 o'clock match at Moanalua, Mililani, and Iolani. I watched um, a little bit of that match. I watched it on TV uh, when I got home. I forget from, from what event it was. That was thrilling. And it that also underscores how good the OIA and how fun the OIA was this year because that matchup, that was, um, I don't, I, well, I'm thinking back to um, Moana Lua prior to that. I, I'm remembering that match because Moana Lua getting to the quarters, there was a point where Moana Lua was not a shoe-in to even make it to the state tournament. Uh, they had a loss, and it was a, a, a thriller that was played in the OIA tournament. Uh, they lost that match, um, and uh, they had to kind of fight their way into this tournament. But yeah, um, Mililani Kahuku is is what uh, this texter's talking about. And it, and it goes to underscore just how fun the OIA is. That was a five-setter. That was one set apiece. Kahuku was down two sets to one. They came back in the fourth, 27-25, won the fifth, 15-12. And I think if you... Looking back at that and now kind of, you know, re-double-checking our homework in preparing for the state tournament, it makes a lot of sense now why we are seeing, uh, you know, a, a, why we're not going to see, I should say, an all-ILH final. You know, I, I don't know how Mililani is going to fare against uh, against Iolani. I, I won't pretend to know. I know Iolani's been very, very good. Uh, but I also know that Mililani has been battle-tested. That Kahuku match, I think, is a uh, a great example of um, how tough Mililani is. And I would not I would not be surprised to see them uh, really give Iolani a tough time. I look at the other side. You don't have an ILH team on the other side of the bracket. That other semifinal is uh, Kamehameha Hawaii taking on uh, Kahuku. Uh, and that's uh, coming up right about the top of the hour. And, uh, you know, keep in mind, 
Kamehameha Hawaii defeated Punahou last night to uh, to to get their spot into the state championship. So, yeah, the OIA has produced at least three different like classic matches this year, um, and and that's why uh, that's why it's been so fun. That's that's why we love covering high school sports because we we get so many uh, just priceless matches that we get to follow. Um, you know, I know the match I'm thinking of. It was um, it, it was Moanalua Kapole, and and I think I was confusing Mililani for a second because it was played at Mililani. It was part of the the OIA tournament, and Moanalua was up two sets to one, and Kapole came back, won the fourth, played extra volleyball in the fifth, won the fifth. That. Um, that match was uh, was sensational, uh, and look, look at all the teams we've rattled off that have just played some fun volleyball this year. Sports Center coming up. I think we've got to look at traffic coming up at the top of the hour as well. This is the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Thanks for making us a part of your Thursday commute. Another look at traffic is about 15 minutes away. I'm Josh Pacheco. Chris Hart and Gary Dickman. Actually, no, Chris Hart's on vacation. What a guy. Uh, Gary Dickman and Tanner Hayworth, uh, Tanner Hayworth will see you tomorrow for the uh, Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. Meantime, I'm with you here for the Sports Animals uh, here at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. We're watching a couple of things. Uh, one of the things we're watching, we're watching Thursday Night Football. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are 220 away from handing uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a fifth loss. Uh, so we're watching that very, uh, very closely. We're also watching what's going on. Uh, Rainbow Wahine soccer on the road at UC Irvine. Tanner Hayworth, uh, you've been watching this match very closely. I'll admit I've got um, I've got Buccaneers and Ravens on this on the big screen here in the studio. The only reason why is uh, that's the only app on this smart TV in the studio that I have the Amazon Prime login for. I don't I don't have my ESPN Plus credentials on this smart TV. Uh, but you're watching Hawaii soccer in UC Irvine. So uh, what's the update right now on the Rainbow Wahine's quest to extend their season? So unfortunately, we are at half. And I say unfortunately because UC Irvine has taken the lead. Uh, they tied it up um, back Oh, I don't have the minute exactly. It's okay. But they tied it up a little bit ago. And right after that, I believe in the 42nd minute, then they took the lead on 2-1. But what it's been is UCI has had control of the ball for a majority of the half. They have six shots on goal. I mean, 19 shots in total compared to Hawaii's three shots and one shot on goal. So I think that tells the story of the game and why UCI has the lead. Uh, at the end of the first half of the game. Very good. Uh, we'll pay attention to that. Hawaii loss ends its season. Uh, a win will get Hawaii into the top six and uh, com- and compete in the Big West Conference Tournament, the uh, field of six coming up. Uh, dates, I think, will be announced once the, uh, once the matchups are set. Uh, the other thing we've been talking about today, and we've been uh, getting your texts. Uh, we haven't gotten them through the phones yet, but we invite you to. Uh, our Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420 and our uh, studio line 808-296-1420. Uh, in honor of last night's epic volleyball match between Kahuku and uh, Moana Lua, we've been asking you, 
what is the uh, the best? And I see you guys on the phones. We'll get to you in a moment. Uh, what is the best high school game? Doesn't matter what game: football, volleyball, soccer, basketball, whatever it is. What's the best high school game you've attended? Uh, you know, when it energy level, closeness of competition, all of those things. What's the best high school game that uh, that that you have attended? We're keeping that theme rolling throughout the show. I is is Fred calling about that, or is he calling about something else? Okay, uh, let's get Fred in here. Then and then Tanner finally remembered his other one, so we'll we'll do that shortly. But Fred, what's yours? Yeah, uh, May 19, thousand six, uh, Shana who on the Puno team. Uh, she set 37 point at that time, the record. And uh, before that game was uh, my alma mater, McKinley, uh, barely losing to Roosevelt. Uh, very memorable, yeah. Well, I, I think that first match was not memorable is what I'm, is what I'm getting from Well, here. yeah, well, it was just by a little bit. Uh, and I, I was so relieved that the McKinley-Roosevelt uh, game ended when it did, because it's going on and on and on. Uh, yeah, uh, Shana Lee, yeah, she, she missed five shots out of uh, six. Uh, well, anyway. I was going to say, are you looking at the box score? Do you have that in front of yeah. you or something? No, I have notes. I mean, uh, you have uh, notes. I'm having trouble uh, reading my notes, my glasses. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Okay, wait, hang on. What kind of notes and where do you keep them? Oh, no, I keep it in a tablet. I mean, just one, in those years, yeah. So, like, when you, you watch the match or you watch the game, you took notes as you were watching the game, or you're, like, you're, you're taking notes when you get home? Like, how, yeah, how does that work? That's what I do uh, in the Rainbow Mahini basketball games. Uh, I, I take notes. I have a notebook, and I take down every shot and all this stuff, and go back and try and look in the box score. And, uh, I don't know the star advertiser. They don't have the standard edition, so I missed on two games this past season for Rainbow Wahine. So, Fred, you <laughs> are the box score, Fred. You are the guy. Uh, yeah. See, uh, you, you, nothing, nothing can get by you, which I'm expecting uh, when uh, we see you sitting down on Tuesday at the exhibition game between uh, Hawaii and Hawaii Pacific, and uh, I expect that we get to see a look at your notes. Yeah, and uh, uh, I'm so sad because I won't be able to flip my shoe up every time Eve Donnelly takes a shot, makes a shot. So I don't know who to flip for this season. And good hey. to know. Okay. okay. Hey, Fred, Thank good you. to hear from you. Thank you for that. It's Fred's time. This is Fred's time of year where uh, he is immersed in Rainbow Wahine basketball. He's going to be immersed in a winning team, uh, a team that will compete for a – Big West Conference Championship, and I am I am expecting that at some point this year, because we'll, we will have some double headers. So I'll, I'll be in a few of the women's games uh, at, working, and I'll I'll be a few more of the women's games not working, uh, just going there and enjoying. And I will expect at some point, and, and I'm holding Fred to this. I want to see his notes. I want to see his penmanship, and I want to see what he writes after every shot. Uh, that that's what I'm curious about. All right, uh, the other thing we've been talking about: uh, high school games that you've been to, memorable high school games you've been to. Uh, I've shared my two. Some of you have shared yours. Fred just shared his. Tanner didn't remember his. He remembered one, and then over the course of the show, 
as we kept bringing it up and, and mentioning others, he said, oh, I remember the other one. What was it, Tanner? The preface. Concussions in high school. Did I have a little bit of issue sometimes remembering stuff from when I was younger from time to time. And my issue was I just need to remember if I was actually at this game or not because this was the uh, 2008 when Punahou won the first state championship okay. for football. Okay. And I had to remember it because my brother was in the marching band when he was a freshman in 2008. And so I remember being there with him to watch the game, if that makes sense. So that's that was my train of thought to remember that one I was watching that game and I wasn't just like misremembering and just like reforming all the memories from the one highlight clips of the uh, Punahou uh, playoff run with Lincoln Parks uh, with Lincoln Park playing in the background. Mm, mm-hmm. So I mean, because what 2008 that was the uh, win against Lelehua with Cayman Shutter as quarterback. Cayman Shutter with Manti Teo playing linebacker and running back. Robbie Toma getting a bunch of touchdowns. Robbie, by the way, was at our uh, our, our Big City Diner uh, road game viewing party right. at, at Big City Diner in Kailua. I, I said when I was eating my French toast, I said, I just had a celebrity hand me syrup for my French toast. And then I was also going to say, and then also Brian Sweet, who had a big interception in that game as well. So it's a lot of really great memories. I think the one play I remember the most, it was when Manti at running back basically ran backwards 20 yards and then ran through the entire Lelehua defense for a touchdown. Man, I forgot about that. If you want, you can, if you just look up the Punahou Lelehua or Punahou State Championships 2008, you'll find the highlight clip that I'm talking about. I can't remember which Linkin Park song it is, but it's so funny because that is such like a 2009 vibe Song. Don't say that out loud, by the way, because uh, Spectrum could have that taken down. Nobody's supposed to have uh, video rights to that That's outside of Spectrum. That's been up for almost 15 years. And now you've spilled the beans on it. So now everybody's going to know about it. The folks at Spectrum are going to know about it. They're going to say, hey, take that down. That's a copyright violation. If anything, Linkin Park has probably already <laughs> seized the copyright of that video. That's a good point. <laughs> It is the Sports Animals here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and uh, 14.20 AM. Texter from the 348. uh, Great comeback on that, Tanner. Texter from the 348. Kahuku versus Baldwin, 2006 football state semifinals. Kahuku wins on the double pass touchdown on the game's final play after Baldwin had just taken the lead. Uh, this This is what the text remembers. Shiloh Teo threw the touchdown pass, but the texter forgot who caught the uh, the touchdown pass. Going back to uh, man, was it was it 2006? Must have been 2006. It's 2006. Uh, Kahuku won it all. They don't have, and it was it was 22 to 20. Unfortunately, they don't have. Um, they don't keep the box scores from those games on uh, on the official HHS SAA website uh, because uh, I guess it's it, maybe it takes up space I don't know um, but it's it's no longer there you you can't find it but 
uh, and I was and I was about to say, I think I found it, and then I realized, oh, that's basketball. Uh, I was about to give you a Kahuku and Baldwin uh, basketball final from from 2006. If anybody can remember, because I can't find it. Uh, because yeah, the 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 box score does not exist online anymore from the 2006 football state semifinal between Kahuku and Baldwin. Uh, if you remember who caught that Shiloh Teo touchdown pass on that double pass toward the end zone, uh, let us know. Our uh, Zephyr Insurance text line is at 808-296-1420. We we've got to just get all the facts out there uh, and and. Do what we we normally do, and that's uh, it's crowdsource. That's, that's what we do on this radio program. We'll check on traffic here. Maybe we have an answer on that coming up in a little while. You're listening to the Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Traffic update coming up. Should have a final of Ravens and Bucks here shortly. You'll hear that in our Sports Center update. And don't forget Hawaii football here on ESPN Honolulu Rainbow Warriors against Wyoming. That game for the Paniolo Trophy is officially a sellout. Uh, that was announced earlier today uh, by the University of Hawaii. So uh, listen in to us on the radio. Coverage begins with countdown to kickoff at 4. Uh, kickoff at 6.07 from the Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex. And uh, you will hear that right here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. All right, let's um let's let's close the book on what we were talking about earlier. Uh Texter had asked uh, they didn't remember who caught the touchdown pass in the 2006 championship game or 2006 state semi in football between Kahuku and Baldwin in which Kahuku won it on the uh the the double pass touchdown. Tanner, uh you went through the bowels of the internet, a.k.a. a newspaper's archives. It's a lot of work to do that. You found the answer for our texter. What was the answer? It's Pele Solii. Pele Solii caught the pass from Shiloh Teo, but um, worth noting, Sterling Carvalho was the OC on, uh, on that team. Reggie Torres was coaching. Reggie Torres now works in the athletic department at Kamehameha Kapalama. And Sterling Carvalho is still one of the uh, youngest-looking head coaches in, uh, in, in high school football. I, we, were, we were joking during the break. I, I don't know how young he was when, uh, when he was the OC there. Uh, must have been very young. Because uh, yeah, he he's he's still at Kahuku, and and they were responsible uh, for for crafting that play. It's gonna go final. Uh, Ravens will have a twenty-seven to twenty-two win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here's a, a, a note on Tom Brady: first time that Brady is two games under five hundred as a starter in his career. They're gonna go to three and five as. Uh, Lamar Jackson is going to set another note. 42nd regular season win, tying Drew Bledsoe for the amount of wins before reaching the age of 26. That is one of those notes. And, and look, we didn't need uh, we, we didn't need a stat line. We didn't need uh, great graphics from the uh, from the Amazon crew to uh, to remind us of it. This is 
the reminder of kind of the changing of the guard that we have right now uh, at the quarterback position in the National Football League. It is no longer uh, that we are talking about the best quarterbacks, those mainstays of Brady and Rodgers. No. At the top of the quarterback chart in the NFL, we are talking about Lamar Jackson, and we're talking about Josh Allen, and we're talking about Patrick Mahomes, and we're talking about the others and kind of wondering when they're going to step away as some of these guys continue to rise up the charts in what they're doing at that particular position. And uh, and that's what's so impressive about what you're seeing. And, and this game is just another reminder of that. Tom didn't have a lot of help. There were a couple of uh, touchdowns called back because of penalty as, as we were uh, uh, as we were watching this game play out. But still, that you see how different he looks. He looks very different as compared uh, to the Tom Brady of, of, of honestly even just two years ago. We'll check on traffic. Uh, we got a Sports Center update coming up here in just a few. Uh, you can continue sharing with us your most memorable high school sporting event that you have watched as uh, we've shared some of yours and ours throughout the show. This is the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Tomorrow, we uh, we hope to be with you for the uh, final half hour of the show. We've got uh, Game 1 of the World Series tomorrow right here on ESPN Honolulu as uh, it is Philadelphia taking on Houston. I guess I have to do what everybody else does. They, they give predictions. I guess we have to do that coming up uh, in a little while. I don't know if this match is going to end uh, by the time we're off the air. It may not, uh, but Hawaii, the Rainbow Wahine soccer team, are at Irvine. Uh, they are in the 57th minute, and Hawaii is trailing UC Irvine 2-1. to one. Uh, If Hawaii wins, they are into the Big West Tournament. If Hawaii loses, Hawaii's season is over. If Hawaii ties, there will need to be some help involved um, in order to, uh, uh, to, to get into that field of six. And we'll, let's not waste time on tiebreakers. Let's, uh, let's try to focus on Hawaii getting two goals here in the final, you know, 30 minutes and change. Uh, in order to, uh, to 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 continue to play on this year, Liza Amendola has got a goal. Hawaii lost Lauren Marquez. Uh, she was carted off. Uh, she is their uh, their super superstar goalkeeper. Uh, they've got a freshman in there trying to save the day for Hawaii. They are now in the 58th minute. Uh, I was I was listening earlier today. Well, I wasn't just listening. I was working the uh, the Let's Talk Sports with uh, with Kanolehi. Uh, which you can hear right here on uh, ESPN Honolulu, and uh, the 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 stadium conversation and and the conversation about high school and UH it it continues to be there, but I I feel like when we talk about identity, you know, and and for those I'm not going to go into their con- I don't want to like hijack their conversation and make it a part of our show. Um, it's been a part of that show for the last couple of days, and and uh, I want to I, I I don't I don't want to steal their content. Uh, they've been been talking about trying to get UH and the high schools to work together because right now um, the the concern is that the you know is is Hawaii becoming an afterthought uh, Hawaii football uh, when you're competing against marquee high school football games we know how big high school football is here 
that um, you know that that's not helping the Hawaii football brand. You know what doesn't help the Hawaii football brand uh, is playing where uh, you're not even close to your campus. That does not help your brand. Um, I, I keep hearing it was brought up again today, the idea of, you know, let's build something at UH West Oahu. Let's build, let's build a football stadium there and let's have Hawaii play out at, uh, out at UH West Oahu. There are a couple of things that it, in my book are wrong with that picture. The first thing is, um, Who's to say that UH West Oahu at some point in time does not want athletics? And who's to say at some point in time UH West Oahu might want a football team? Uh, I don't know, maybe a D2 or a D3 or an NAIA football team. Who's to say? I'm a big believer in trying to stand on your own in trying to forge your own identity and not um, you know not build on somebody else's part of that identity is location so when i hear people throw the idea of well you know they should build something on uh west oahu and they should play games at uh west oahu first and foremost let's just see if uh west oahu wants its own athletic department i still remember i when i when i heard the rumors of it you know, a while back, when uh, and when Rockney Freitas and and when when he was there, um, there was talk about looking into athletics, and and there were conversations allegedly about trying to get a, um, you know, maybe even a, a Pac West Conference membership for UH West Oahu to be able to play some of those Pac West Conference sports like basketball and maybe volleyball, and that never materialized. Um, I, if I want to prioritize anything on the UH West Oahu campus that has to do with athletics, um, I would want to prioritize UH West Oahu having its own athletics first. In a, uh, in, in, in being in that area out near Kapolei, where you consider that second city, that it would be fitting, I think, um, to create more opportunities for local, uh, local athletes who want to continue their, you know, going to school and getting to play sports by having a, another place to play, whether it is Division Two or whatever it is. Um, I think that would be really, really neat. And um, if if that area continues to grow, why not think of athletics there? But that's where it ends. Their athletics, not University of Hawaii at Manoa's athletics. It's one thing to be one big happy family, the whole, you know, 10 university system, uh, 10 university and community college system, 10 campus system is the best words I should use, um, you know, to uh, you know, work together and be one big happy family. But there's nothing like saying, um, hey, we're going to go watch University of Hawaii at Manoa um, football playing 30 minutes away at another University of Hawaii campus. It's one thing to play 20 minutes away at an Aloha Stadium. That's one thing. It's a bigger, 
bigger venue, um, lots more seating. It's not on a campus. It's 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 dedicated place. It's another thing to say, oh, let's go thirty minutes away and play on our on our sister school, our smaller school's campus, and put a field there. I wouldn't be proud of that. Um, it's not about where's the space because people want to talk about space. There is space, um, you know, where the current Aloha Stadium site is. But we shouldn't be talking about someone else's space. I, you know, um, it would be disrespectful to UH West Oahu to start building on its campus something that's not theirs. Because I believe there is a lot of room for that university to grow and to thrive and to uh, uh, you know make its impact in its community there. Right now, the idea of where a stadium should be is not a productive topic. Like I've said before about this, or um, should you build something, it, it, that's over. The question right now is not about where to build something. The question is not where. The question is if. Because the where is pretty much solved. It's the if and it's the how. And to me, that's kind of where um, that's kind of where the attention really needs to be. Focus the energy on getting Governor David Ige to speak before he leaves office on what this grand plan is. What are we now? Five, six weeks when it was supposed to be three? What is this? No one knows. There's no communication. Forget location. Just give us a darn clue about what's going on. That's all. And you'll realize that you're missing the boat when you're deflecting elsewhere. There's no need to deflect. The story's right in front of you. The location is set. The location's clear. What you have in front of you is clear. Um, it's now about execution. And the money it's going to take to execute it, what you plan to execute around it, and whether that's going to be a viable idea. Don't, don't get confused. Don't get caught up on the other stuff that we spent you know years before um, trying to make show topics because, you know, at that time it was the story. It's not the story now, and it shouldn't be the story now because you're you'd you'd be missing what is, uh, you'd be burying the lead as uh, as as they call it in print when you uh, uh, when your first sentence or your first paragraph doesn't match the headline or doesn't match the key story of what you're writing about. Texter writes in at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty via our uh, Zephyr Insurance text line. And uh, that goes away because someone else wants to go view the text line before I could. Uh, texter says, considering the ample amounts of talent in Hawaii, a baseball, soccer, and volleyball team for UH West Oahu would be a good addition to at least the Pac West. I agree. Um, I still miss BYU Hawaii. And the one thing that was good about BYU Hawaii, you had four Division II teams in most of those sports. Chaminade is now adding baseball. Uh, they're going to be adding beach volleyball. So right now you have Chaminade, you have Hawaii Pacific, uh, you have UH Hilo. Granted, when you had those four, yeah, it was three Oahu, one Hawaii Island. It's not equal necessarily. Um, but having four teams 
it's good for travel, I believe, because it it does give you the opportunity to um, uh, to be able to to come to Hawaii if you're a a school from the mainland and get multiple games in. That can be a really good thing. So I mean, I I, I like that opportunity there. There is a lot of talent in baseball, and volleyball, and soccer, and uh, and basketball. Um, you know, I, I think there are are homegrown talents and more abilities to recruit. Uh, we see a few homegrown talents that play at places like HPU. Uh, Cordell Ng is there. Um, Josiah Villa and Cameron Ng are uh, are are both at Shamanad uh, now. Zoar Ned at the University of Hawaii, Mr. Entertainment, Zoar Ned. Uh, UH Helos has uh, uh, Kia'i Apele, the, uh, the Waiakea High alum. Uh, they had Cameron Ng last year. He transfers now over to, uh, to, to Chaminade. But there are local products that may be undersized, but maybe could play at the Division II level and, and again, more opportunities to recruit. I mean, you see players that are playing at that level that are coming over from New Zealand and, and playing Division II basketball here. Um, there are those great opportunities for a sport like basketball. Women's basketball. Um, we have strong girls' basketball at, at the high school level in Hawaii, and there's no reason that you couldn't find a few players to want to stay home and maybe help build a program at UH West Oahu. Uh, it, it could be good in Division Two. And if you want football, if you really want football, and I would, I would not be opposed to a Division Two football team playing in a in a division two conference you know i i think that could also be a good thing um being a one school team uh, or one school sport in this state yeah um it can be nice it, it has its advantages for the university of hawaii but you know what i don't think it's a problem um if you can if you can highlight more football here because football is king here the only thing you shouldn't do is put a UH West Oahu game, if you were to ever have one, on at the same time as a UH uh, football game at home. That's the, those are those are things you should never do. Um, but but more can be better, and and I don't know why we would want to uh, shy away from that. Let's check our M Dyer Global scoreboard. It's brought to you by M Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. The Rainbow Wahine soccer team are uh, about twenty plus minutes away, potentially from its season ending. Uh, trailing 2-1 to one to UC Irvine. That match is in the 64th minute. Eliza Amendolia went down in this game, in this match. She scored Hawaii's only goal in the first half. And she went down, um, got a got a, a soccer ball to her head. A uh, cart came out. The, the, she, did she leave on a cart, Tanner? So initially she was um, walking off the field, took a couple steps, you know, hands straight up to the head and went straight back down to the ground. So it's... Doesn't look very good for uh, Amendolia right now. Yeah, a uh, really talented player, and uh, uh, she's gone down. Uh, Marquez, the goalie, left in the first half, was carted off after uh, she got hurt, and uh, Hawaii is shorthanded uh, right now, and uh, its season right now is is, uh, is TikTok. In, uh, they're in the 65th minute. That match is on ESPN+. Plus. We'll give one more score update. Uh, before we leave on that Thursday night football has gone final. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are now three and five. The Ravens defeat Tampa Bay 27 to 22. It's Tom Brady's first three game losing streak since 2002. 
Um, and Tampa Bay's first one in five. Uh, Tampa Bay now one in five since starting the year two and zero. Danger time in Tampa and uh, college football. A couple of top twenty-five teams playing today. Number twenty-four North Carolina State defeats Virginia Tech twenty-two to twenty-one. Wolfpack come from behind win and halftime in Pullman. Number fourteen Utah uh, leading Washington State fourteen to seven. Uh, that is at the half. There was some Thursday night fun. Uh, I think it was, was it uh, the Sun Belt? Southern Miss 39-24 over uh, the Raging Cajuns of uh, Louisiana. Good to see the Sun Belt having fun. The Fun Belt on a Thursday. Uh, that's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Always on the move. Uh, one final thought and one last look at Rainbow Wahine soccer on the other side. This is ESPN Honolulu. Friday and Fitzsimmons is uh, coming up next. Remember, tomorrow, uh, Gary Dickman, Tanner Hayworth with uh, the Bobby Curran Show, Kanoa Leahy and the team uh, at noon. And we might be here um, after baseball, the uh, first game of the World Series between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros. I've been asked for my pick, and uh, I would say I'll go Houston in seven. I, I like what Philly's done. I'm kind of rooting for Philly, honestly. Uh, Bryce Harper has uh, has found the clutch gene again, uh, which is which is pretty exciting. Uh, it's 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 good to see Bryce Harper uh, as an elite hitter, and that's that's something we haven't. Uh, you know, he's he's been hurt a little bit. It's been kind of cool to say Bryce Harper, elite hitter, even though right now I'd probably say he's not the best hitter on the team because Kyle Schwarber has been just hitting the you-know-what out of the baseball. But uh, I will say Astros pitching is where I think it makes a difference. This will go seven, and uh, we will see you uh, right after game number one, time permitting, uh, here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 14.20 AM. Uh, lots of fun today for the uh, for the brief period of time that we've been with you. Uh, Rainbow Wahine Soccer still down 72nd minute, trailing 2-1 to UC Irvine. By the way, UH Hilo, top 10 women's soccer program in Division II. They win today. Uh, they've clinched a share of the PacWest Conference Women's Soccer Championship. A win uh, on Saturday would, and I think maybe a tie, would give them the overall conference title and would get them into the NCAA regionals. Uh, with the auto berth. Uh, big year for UH Hilo women's soccer. They've been playing really well. Good to have uh, local soccer in general uh, just doing really well. But we've got to see if the Rainbow Wahine can make it back here in the final 20 minutes or so from Irvine. We might see you tomorrow. If not, we'll see you sometime next week with uh, baseball all around us. I'm Josh Pacheco. Great work by Tanner Hayworth on the other side of the wall. This has been the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM.